Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. We live in such a celebrity-crazed, wealth-worshipping culture that it's easy to forget sometimes that being really proud of what you do and loving what you do doesn't have to come with a standing ovation and a million-dollar paycheck and a trophy. We always have an odd one in the crowd. So it's kind of odd. Decidedly odd. Doesn't that strike you as a little bit odd? No, it doesn't strike me as a little bit odd. It's the Bob and Sherry Oddcast. The stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, or shouldn't do on the regular show. Now, here's the Oddcast. If you're listening to this episode when we released it, we are in the thick of um, celebration awards season. We've got the Grammys, and we've already had the Critics' Choice and the Golden Globe, and now we're going to have the Oscars and the Super Bowl. And these are enormous staged public spectacles celebrating achievement and accomplishment. And I think that's awesome. I think that we should celebrate greatness, whether it's on the playing field or the Broadway stage or wherever, right? Love it. I have no fight, no beef with that. But one thing that I think about sometimes is when you live in a culture that glorifies fame and wealth to that degree, um, do you lose touch with the simple everyday reality that all around you are people who really love what they do and they're really good at it and they're never going to get a statue or a bonus or their picture on the cover of a magazine. And we don't celebrate those people enough. Like I'm thinking um, last week uh, I took my husband for his first surgery post-op. And if he had been a very good boy and everything was healing properly, they would put him in a hard cast. And, and so everything was great. I'm really proud of how well he's done and he got his hard cast. And the tech, the technician that came in to do the cast, treated putting a cast on Kevin's leg like he was painting the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. And he was explaining everything he did as he did it. And he's telling both of us, he's like, now I'm going to do this little extra step here. It's mostly for comfort. Um, because you know, wearing a cast, if, have you ever worn a cast? No, I've never worn. Well, it can be uncomfortable, hot and itchy and, you know, people can struggle with it. So I'm going to put this here and that's going to help give you a little more comfort. And then, um, he saw that Kev's using one of those knee scooter things. So he custom built the cast with extra padding so that when Kev puts his leg on the scooter, he's got a little bit of extra cushion between his bone, his shin bone and the 
seat. Yeah. And he talked about like, now see the way I'm wrapping it because it gives you a nice, smooth, tight finish. It looks good. He took so much pride in his work and he was clearly so into it. He said, he said, this is my, you know, putting a cast on, especially when you have to get all the angles right, is as much an art as it is a science. And part of the reason for that is Kevin's foot had to be, my husband had to have his whole foot rebuilt, like the freaking bionic man. His foot had to be in a certain angle and position when the cast went on. So you're not just dangling your leg off the end of the table. He had to like get it into a certain position for optimal healing. And the technician is stepping back and he's studying it. Then he's, you know, putting a little more fiberglass here and a little more fiberglass there. And while he's talking, he's like, you know, if you have some paint markers or maybe a silver Sharpie, it looks really good on this black fiberglass. And I'm, I'm watching this man work and I thought, you know what, Est, that was his name. No one's going to give you a round of applause today. You will not be on the cover of People magazine. Uh, You're not preparing your acceptance speech because you're not getting a prize. But you, my man, you are what greatness looks like. The everyday, simple, humble greatness of being proud of the work you do. And I know, Lamar, because you've told me stories over the years that we've known each other, that you've had some coworkers at Budweiser who completely Mm. walked that beautiful walk. That's what we're going to talk about in today's podcast. Loving what you do, even when you're not Travis Kelsey or Taylor Swift. <laughs> we're very excited about Bob and Sherry Premium. There's so much content. You get classic chat room calls, your best of CDs, behind the scene photos and videos, and it only costs $4.99 a month. Go to bobandsherry.com slash premium. So take me back to the Budweiser warehouse, Lamar, um, to some of the people that you worked with who would come in in an ice storm on two hours of sleep because they took so much pride in their role and their job and what they had to bring. Anybody, and Max and I have talked about this, anybody <clears throat> excuse me, that's in management of any kind of deal, if you've got the right people, that really, really, like you say, they love their job and they're serious about it. If you've got those people, <clears throat> managing is the easiest thing in the world. You just leave them alone. Because, and I had quite a few, a handful of guys, I had this one guy though, and he, if he ever left, and he's still there, if he ever left, it would take a minimum of two and a half people to replace this guy. Because he's that guy that does everything. And he's the guy that you never have to tell him how to do it. And you certainly, if you don't have your eyes on him, you don't have to worry about it. Don't have to go see what he's doing. He's doing it. And he's one of these guys that it looks like he's moving in slow motion. But he's not wasting a motion. He's never in a hurry, but he gets so much work done. And whether he is, you know, doing the floors, whether he's picking up stuff, whether he's, it doesn't matter what he's doing. He does it absolutely perfectly. And it just means something to him. And 
It's amazing to, and, and this is not like he's not doing the, you know, but without him, nothing else happens. You know, I mean, he has yeah, to do yeah. what he does. Yeah. And uh, he, he is an unbelievable guy. Um, I've had a couple of guys that are so, I don't know. I don't know if you call it. They, they always say, I got a little ADHD, you know, they can't leave anything until it's exactly perfect. And sometimes I'd say, that's good enough. Uh, good enough ain't getting it. Good not enough. Yeah. It's, yeah. No, it's not. And one of these guys that I'm thinking about, I could watch it because we have a long uh, drive-through from where you come in down and all the par- trucks come in to get loaded and they park inside and whatever. But it's, just a, it's probably about 75-yard drive-through. And I have watched him clock in. And I don't remember ever a time that I didn't see him as he's walking that walk. All of a sudden, he'd either go left or right, bend over, and pick up a very small piece of paper. In a humongous warehouse, there's like a just like a, a, a size of a quarter piece of paper. He'd pick it up. I mean, just you know, I had a lot of guys like that. It, it's amazing. Uh, I wish I had a dose of what they had. I mean, I really do. I'm amazed. I'm amazed. When I think about it, I love watching people who love what they do. And I get really, um, my hackles go up and I get real, like my Philly comes out. If someone goes, oh, this guy thinks he's the star of the Wendy's or whatever. But he is Mm -hmm. the star of the Wendy's. He he enjoys he enjoys what he does and he takes pride in it. And here's here's why I love those people because they know something that a lot of us don't. They understand that this is your life and maybe you're not the quarterback. Maybe you're not the movie star, right? This is your life and you can choose every minute of every day of that life. Well, this is my life. What's my what's my attitude going to be? This is what I do. Am I going to grind my way through it or am I going to find a way to take some fulfillment out of it and there are jobs where it is difficult to find it fulfilling but the fulfillment comes from your own personal investment in excellence and attitude and and all of those things and I hate I don't mean to sound like some sort of middle management uh, corporate retreat speaker because I think that these are the happier people and you know these people. You have neighbors that are like this. You maybe have a relative or a friend oh, yes. who's like this. You have a coworker who has a smile. And they like what they do, and they're happy to help you, and they're happy to do it. And they walk through this world with far fewer bricks on their backs. At least that's what I think. I could be completely wrong. Well, it, it, when you were saying that, you mentioned, you know, it's not comes from a middle manager. No, 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 no. Middle managers can never make a person like that. That person comes into the, that it's person's eternal. father, that, that person's father or mother or somebody put him in a direction. I, I had this one guy, I had this one guy, now he was relentless. Oh my gosh, the work in his fool. Oh my gosh, he was relentless. And one day I asked him, I said, what is the deal? I said, you're an amazing worker. You never stop. You just never stop. And he said, when my brother and I were small, my dad came home 
<laughs> and uh, they lived in a, in a, in a double wide tra trailer. And he said, my dad came home and decided he wanted to add a basement to the double wide trailer. So oh, I'd like to my, see it. <laughs> he said, "My, me and my brother's job was to crawl up under that trailer and start digging. And he said, for an entire summer, we dug. We dug, and we hauled off dirt, and we dug, and we dug, and we dug. And he said, once we got it down deep enough, then he came in and got block and laid block. And I mean, and he said, we had a basement. We had a basement under the double wide. He said, but that's what we did all summer long. He said, from the time we got up and he said, you know, he'd, you know, you know, he'd be out there with us. You know, he said, but we're digging, we're digging. And he said, my dad worked, he worked like that. And he said, he made us work like that. And he expected us to work like that. And he said, I've never had a problem getting a job. I've never, you know, he said, that's just the way it is. He said, I, I don't know. I don't know another way. I don't know another way. So the, mental management has nothing to do with this. Nothing. There's nothing yeah, you mental could, management. You're right. Do. You can't manufacture these people. It's just we chase in American culture, you know, we chase happiness. Look, we're the only country in the world whose constitution tells us that we have every right to pursue happiness. Now, some of us get confused and we mistake pursuit for get. You can pursue happiness. Maybe you never catch that bitch, but you're not guaranteed to get that happiness, right? You just have the right to pursue it. We chase yeah. happiness and we always think that it's just around the bend. And this is part of, this is part of um, our consumerist culture. You know, that it, happiness is something that we can buy and acquire and attain. And it's always just around the next curve. We're going to be happy when we lose the weight. We're going to be happy when we buy the car. We're going to be happy when we get the house. We're going to be happy when we find the life partner. You know, the happiness is just around the corner. Then you get the life partner, but you're still not quite happy. So maybe when you get the new job and eh, you're still not quite happy. So maybe, maybe if I get some Botox, oh, I'm still not quite happy. And we chase that happiness like a greyhound chasing a mechanical rabbit. And a lot of times we never, ever catch it. Right. And we're conditioned from childhood to chase that mechanical rabbit. But you take people who take pride in what they do and who love it, who don't every day at work isn't a freaking rainbow colored sparkly picnic. No, of course not. That's why we call it work and not vacation. But they themselves, they themselves take pride in what they make, what they do, whatever that is. I think those are the people that catch the rabbit. I think those are the happy people. Well, the thing about it, and I, the last thing I want to sound like is some motivational teacher here and a motivational whatever. But if all you ever do is figure out that if I can get the right external thing, all of a sudden I'll magically be happy. You're just never going to do it. But you we, can't do it. But we we, we say that we know that that won't bring happiness, but but the subtext of everything that, that we're being taught says that that will bring us happiness. Yeah. So, so the idea is where well, you're going to, you're going to go to school and you're going to get good grades. Why do you want to get good grades? You get good grades. You get into a good school. You get into a good school. You get a good degree. The degree will get you a good job. You get the good job. 
What's good about a good job? It's a lot of money. You get the money and you get the you get all those things that Sherry was just talking about. And then the thing that we don't say is, and then you'll be happy. Because we think that that's what it is. And so on the one hand, we say, no, it's the simple things that are most important in life. Those are things. But on the other hand, we go, yeah, we say that. But really, we know that it is There's about a balance. The, that's There's right. a balance. There is a balance. There's right. a balance. Because it's, I have spent my life working four jobs, five. I've spent my life pursuing it. I've been doggedly after it. Still ain't caught it. Still hadn't caught it. But the whole time that I'm dogging after it, I'm having a pretty good time. I mean, you know, I'm enjoying the it's fact your that attitude, but I'm that after is, it. That is your attitude, you know? It is. I, I, I mean, mean, it is. I don't know. I, I hate am, it if somebody can't get that. I hate it when somebody I, can't have that. I have a friend. Got it. He is one of the most grateful people that I've ever met in my life. He he works. Um, he does uh, paint and body on cars, right? And yeah. um, that is work that you're doing in a garage. And in the winter time, Ooh. you're you're cold. still in a garage. It's you might have space heaters, but it's cold in there. You know. Yeah. He is. just he has this attitude of. When that comes out and those people are happy, that makes me happy to be able to do this. And I just get down there and I do it as best that I can. And and that's the attitude that he has about everything. And I'll tell you what, he's a joy to be around because he's not sucking the life out of you. He's just he just has that attitude. And in the yeah. end, that's the only thing we can control. That's it. These, it. This is what I'm talking about. These people. Like, Max, you're that way. Like, we have some, we, it's better now, but we went through, especially in the early days of COVID, we went through some hell oh my. here. Yeah. And the days were unthinkably, unbearably long for Max. And it was, it was exhausting because we were trying to, we were trying to do something that we weren't prepared to do. You know, like when, when we woke up on Friday the 13th, March 2020, we had no idea what was coming for us by four o'clock that afternoon, we had to pivot and figure out how to do our jobs. We had to buy equipment and we, we trial and error. Well, this didn't work. Oh Let's try that. Well, that's not really working. Let's try that. Um, I'll, t I'll tell this because the, the, the podcast audience, I think will find this interesting. The early days of the show in COVID, we were using a platform that is absolutely terrific podcasters but completely completely unwieldy for a radio show and so every day we do a four hour radio show every day five days a week every day max would have to weave together four separate strands of audio into one coherent break and he had to do that 16 times Every day, and sometimes four channels of audio mixed down to one because sixteen the way, times the way the internet is, um, there's drift, and so we, we'll record it in there, and then Bob and Sherry will be talking to what to each other, but it didn't match, so I would have to adjust the audio so the two of them mm. could talk to each other, and it would make sense, and it was it was. It was a long day. I mean, it was there was a there was a lot that was connected into it. Plus, we had to <laughs> Sherry Sherry and I know so much more about technology than we knew going into that because we always relied on an IT guy or an engineer to be right Johnny on the spot and say, "How do you do this?" We had to end up going through tutorials and everything else to be able to do it. But I became an IT guy. Yeah, I became an IT guy thanks to COVID. Max <laughs> became an engineer, 
and you know, so we, we, we worked on that for a while and then we were like, this is a great product, but it's not working for us. And we found something else and, you know, gradually things got better. And then doc joined us and doc is like Mr. Scotty in star Trek. Like he just, he's in the bowels of the ship making sure that we're not destroyed by Klingons every single day. And so we finally figured some stuff out. But I will tell you that on our darkest days, and we have had some tough ones, you know, this in 2023, Max lost both of his parents and he just lost his dog, Cooper. And he was sick. Like it was a terrible, it was an Annis Horribilis to quote the late Queen Elizabeth. It was a really rough year for Max. And there was one day that was really, really difficult. And he and I do another podcast together called True Weird Stuff. Yeah. So it's me and Max and, and Doc working on True Weird Stuff. And we do that in our spare time, like when we're not doing all the other things that is our actual job. And it had just been like a beating upon beating upon beating for Max. And I said, I'm so, so sorry. I, I wish I could win the lottery and, and spare you from this. And in the midst of all of that grief and sickness and exhaustion and a workload the size of a mountain, Max said, but you know, I love what I do and I would miss it even if I won the lottery. I and, love and I doing do. this. And I do. I do love doing this. I love putting bits of sound together. I love making people feel certain things from different little projects that I put together where people go, that frightened me or I got chills or whatever that is. And to be able to do that, well, that's I mean, that's amazing. That's amazing to be able to sit down yeah. and be able to be a part of that. And you don't chase, Max. You don't chase the rabbit. Um, I, have, I have known you for f my, forever. And you, uh, you don't chase the new shiny car. You don't chase the new shiny technology. You're not, like, looking in the mirror and not liking what you see. So... I mean, you, you live an attitude of gratitude. You live a life of trying to be of service and you love what you do. And look at the difference in the way you're moving through this one precious life versus some other people that we know, you know, where they're, they're not, it doesn't matter what you give them. It doesn't matter what accolades or prizes or toys the shine is off of it before it's out of the package, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it was really... No, go ahead. I, go you ahead. know, I said this before, and I'm, I'm going to say this again. I think I said it recently on a podcast, but, you know, my, when my father passed away, you know, he, here he is. He's, he's lost most of his vision. He's bound to a wheelchair. He's, you know, at this point, he was in his 90s. He lived to 102. He was in his 90s, and he started sing-alongs in the dining room, uh, the assisted care facility where he lived and, and people would sing along and they'd take requests and everything else. And I told him, I said, you know, I said, you have such a great attitude. I said, how do you do that? And then he said, it's all I have. And there's a great lesson in that because he's in a situation where it would be very easy for him to just feel sorry for himself and get down and all of these things. But he refused to do that by sheer just having a good attitude about things. And this, I told him, I said, Dad, I never stopped learning from you. You know, you're, I mean, they don't make them like your, no. your mom and dad. I was uh, convinced for the longest time that your parents were somehow cyborgs, immortal yeah, beings yeah. from Krypton or yeah, whatever yeah. because <laughs> they were just... But there's a certain amount of um, 
just the sheer blessings of genetic roulette. Some people, some people are just born with more positivity, more resilience. Um, and some people are born with the opposite. They're, they're not as resilient and they, they tend to live, um, in a place of like fear there and fear presents sometimes as rage. You know, right. you're so afraid that you're not good enough that you're that you lash out with anger to protect yourself. Right. Right. So some of it's genetic. And I think when we look at your dad, uh, we see that he was blessed with a ton of positivity and resilience. And you you got that. But then your life hasn't been a picnic. Your life hasn't been without struggle and loss and difficulty and challenge. And you have met those things not with fear and rage, but with like humility, I think. I'm what do you think, I'm, Lamar? I'm the humble, you are the humblest. The humblest. Oh, yes. <laughs> he is the humble. Oh, God. He is the humblest. He is. He is. He is. Uh, and self critical. Humble and self critical. He does such a fantastic. He'll go, God, I could have done that better. Oh, I could have done that better. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. No, that's true. I, that I was true. thinking while I was watching this guy um, sculpt, because that's what he did. He sculpted this fiberglass enclosure for my husband's jacked up leg. He sculpted it with his hands, and he took so much time and care and precision. And I was watching him, and I thought, you know, in my job, I've had the opportunity to meet some pretty incredible people um, in all walks of life. I mean, I've, I once um, had the longest bear hug with Mr. T and he wasn't wearing anything but a silky bathrobe and some cologne. And that was a, a moment I'm never going to forget. I mean, I've met literal <laughs> movie stars, rock stars, uh, former presidents. Like I have had such an amazing life for a scrappy little free lunch, coatless orphan, you know? And when I think back on those people, the ones that left the strongest impression on me were the guys like Jimmy Wayne, you know, who are like, man, I'm just, can you believe what I get to do this? Because we have met, we have met, and and we won't name these names because that would be mean, I think. But um, Max and I have met some people that seemingly had it all. And boy, were they miserable. Boy, were they angry, miserable people and they were big successes to the outside world yeah but but they were they were like puckered up angry little lemons in real life and you and you would look at them and think well what's it gonna take because you've gotten quote unquote everything and you're you're just so angry and bitter and disappointed what more can we give you do you need to be the literal king of the world? Like, what more do you need? But there's no, set, you, of, no set of circumstances that, will, yeah. that, that would fix that. Yeah. So the next time, like, you're out somewhere, I don't care if it's, like, Lowe's or a restaurant or a flooring store or Jiffy Lube or wherever, and you come across somebody who clearly loves what they do, and has taken some real pride and pleasure in it, like take a minute, give that person that little quiet internal standing ovation that they're never going to get. And if you ever hear somebody make fun of that person, 
if you ever hear somebody say, oh, look at this guy, what kind of asshole could be happy changing people's oil? I want you to give that person a good, sharp elbow because shame on them. Shame on anybody that looks at someone who's working their way through this burning sewer of a world with a little bit of joy and pride in what they do. What kind of dickweed <laughs> would you have to be to not celebrate that? I love it. You're, you, you are so eloquent with words, but every once in a while, yeah. the Philly comes out. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like uh, you'll have a choice spot, and it really stands out like this I mean, dickweed. Thank you. Thank you. Don't be the kind of jabroni that rains on somebody's parade. <laughs> These guys need to know better than that. All right. Thank you for listening to the podcast. And all of us are now going to give all of you a round of applause. All of you that are out there never getting the Oscar, yeah. never getting yeah. the Super Bowl ring. Yeah. We see you. Still getting it done. Still we getting it done. see you. And we have respect. Thank you so much for listening to the Oddcast, Talking Lamar and the Bob and Sherry podcast. We would love it if you would subscribe, rate and review and share it with a friend on Facebook, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again so much for listening. Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.